Brandon, and uh, do do pray, uh, brother brother Daryl, and uh, Miss Brianna are uh, towards uh, Pensacola, Florida, and uh, going there. And then Miss Brenda, she continues going to the treatments, and you know you're praying there for the family. And, and grace is so needed, isn't it? And uh, thank the Lord for His marvelous grace that uh, in every need. If you're able to stand with us this morning, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we're going to read several verses here this morning as we've been preaching through the parables of Christ, some of the teachings of Christ, some of the miracles of Christ, and, and just looking at the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we've seen the heart of Christ, the heart for sinners. So we have uh, been through the, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. We've been through the, uh, the parable of uh, the lost uh, son, the lost coin, and, uh, and the lost sheep. And uh, we've just seen the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, the heart of compassion for a lost and dying world. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, this is a crucial parable. It's a foundational parable. It's also found in the Gospel of Mark uh, chapter 4, and the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. And we read here the same day when Jesus, out of the house, and said by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And then if you skip to verse number 18, uh, Jesus says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catcheth the way that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet it did not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. With that, uh, let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer, and would you pray today that God's way would be done in your heart and in this service. Would you take time to prepare your heart? Your heart is the soil we're going to see. It's very crucial that the soil be prepared for the seed. Father, thank you this morning. It's so good to be here. And Lord, thank you for the encouragement we've had this morning in songs, the encouragement just in your presence, the encouragement uh, with other Christians, Lord, here this morning, we, we just want to take this time to uh, quietly come before you, to enter your presence, to acknowledge you here this morning. And 
Lord, to yield our hearts that you would teach us here today. That, Lord, you would speak, not by accident, that any person is here. Lord, there's somebody here today that they are not saved. And you brought them here this morning just for this message. Lord, there's somebody here this morning that maybe has been wandering away. And Lord, today you're speaking and dealing and drawing. Would you have your way here this morning in this service? We pray in Jesus' wonderful, precious name. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. As I mentioned kind of in the introduction here, this, this uh, parable is one of the foundational parables told by the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned, we find this also in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. Mark, chapter 4, verse 13, he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And then he states, How then will you know all parables? This is a basic parable. Understanding this parable is going to help you to understand other parables in the Bible, and this parable also will answer for you many Bible questions. Now you think about the truth here this morning. Jesus, the greatest teacher, the greatest preacher of all time. He's God, and he taught the very wisdom of God. He taught the truths of God, and, and yet as you study this particular instance, the crowds were thronging the Lord so much so that uh, he entered into a ship and cast offshore, and he taught from that ship this parable and other parables, the parables of the kingdom, and he taught this parable to the multitudes, to the crowds. And yet as you study the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, many of the crowd left the ministry of the Lord, rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, and sent him to the cross, and he was crucified upon the cross of Calvary. In the Gospel of John chapter 6, there was a large number of people following the Lord, but the teachings were very difficult. They were very hard. And many of that multitude went away. He said to the disciples, will you go away also? And Peter it was that responded, where could we go? Thou hast the words of life. And so we read in the ministry of the Lord Jesus, many went away from that ministry. Paul the Apostle, perhaps the greatest missionary outside the Lord Jesus Christ that has ever been. Yet near the end of his life in 2 Timothy, before he was beheaded, entered into eternity, uh, Peter or Paul made the statement, all they of Asia have, uh, have turned away from me. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And so why would that be? The ministry of Christ, the greatest preacher, God himself, a perfect love, entered into this world. Why? Did the crowds leave and go away? Why did many leave the ministry of Paul? Why have so many heard the word of God, yet they're still lost? And uh, many, uh, and even in, in some cases, uh, much more uh, dire circumstances than before they ever heard the word of God. Why are there many that fall away, go back to the world? And so many questions like that are answered for us through this parable. And this morning we're going to break this parable down into the basic uh, symbols of the parable. And the teaching for us is absolutely essential and crucial. Uh, before we get into this, I want to express to you, every time you hear the word of God, you're accountable to God for what you hear. And you're accountable for your response to what gives or God gives unto you. You're accountable to prepare 
your heart for what God has for you. So let's look at the, the symbols here this morning of the parable. And we start with the seed. And as we see the seed, it, it, it pictures the word of God. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And so the seed represents the word of God. Mark chapter 4, verse number 14, the sower soweth the word. And so this morning, God's word is the seed. I've always been intrigued and curious about seeds. I collected seeds. They were fascinating to me. You can take a, a dry seed. Looks dead. You can place that seed into the ground and it sprouts and it grows and it bears fruit. It's a miracle. And so growing up on a farm, I never doubted God because I saw that the seed would grow and that was a miracle. And I saw cows being born and pigs being born and, and there was the miracle. And I saw that miracle of life and there was no explanation for that it wasn't an accident. See, contained in that little seed, all of the directions, uh, what that seed will grow up to be. Uh, that seed, a corn seed, uh, will grow up to be many types of corn, but that seed will direct it uh, within that uh, DNA as to what type of corn that will be. Uh, I discovered different types of melons, and you could grow... Uh, red watermelons and pink watermelons and yellow watermelons and gold watermelons and all of that was directed by the little seed that you would plant. And planting corn in my garden as a boy, I was so curious. I don't know how many corn seeds I killed. I would plant them in the garden and then I would go out and try to dig it. I wanted to see it growing and I would knock off the top of that little seed and, and kill that little seed. Just curious. It's a miracle that God has given. And so God's word is referred to as the seed. Why would that be? Well, the seed is living. It contains life. And so it is with the Word of God. It's living. It contains life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now that can't be said of men's books. Men's books are men's books. They're not inspired. They're not infallible as is the word of God. God's word is divinely inspired. It's God-breathed. It's God's word. It's infallible. It's correct. It's truth at every point. Uh, men's books will fail, but God's book will live forever. It's truth that endures always. It's a living seed. And a seed is powerful. That little seed may seem small and insignificant, but sometimes that little seed will grow up to be a very large plant. And sometimes that small seed, when it sprouts, can crack a sidewalk. You ever see that? We have elm seeds all over, and you'd like to get rid of them. Uh, but they grow up, they sprout, and they do a lot of damage. And God's word is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow as the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
And then you think about a seed. A seed can bear fruit. One little tomato seed can produce 50 to 100 pounds of tomatoes. An apple seed can produce hundreds of pounds of apples. That's fascinating to me that one little seed planted in the ground has that power to bear fruit and much fruit. It's fascinating, the potential of a seed. God's word can produce tremendous amounts of fruit. When the word of God is planted within the heart and takes root within the heart, it's amazing the potential of that seed. God's word changes a heart. God's word can give a new love for Christ and a love for the lost and a love for the Bible and a love for church and a desire for holiness, a desire to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God taken by the spirit of God can produce within the heart love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It's a powerful thing. It's a fruit-producing thing. But a seed must be planted. It's got to be put into the ground. I learned this on the farm. We had bags of corn seed in the barn, but I never saw a bag of corn seed growing. We had to take the corn seed out of the barn and out into the fields, had to plant it. Our vacation Bible school this year, we're taking up the penny offering. We do that every year. And uh, we've done two and three and four thousand dollars just in pennies. And we always uh, send it to the mission field. And this year we're going to uh, be printing Bibles and using those Bibles to send to the Philippines and to sow the seed, to get the seed out of the barn. Read the testimony of a man in South America. He was walking along a trail and uh, saw a piece of paper. He picked up that piece of paper. It was a portion of the Word of God. And that portion of the Word of God began to take heart into his soul or sprout into the soul. And he began to say, God, I, I want to know more about this. Would you send somebody to tell me about this portion of the book that I've read? It was the power of that seed. And God sent 20 years later a missionary to his town and village and he came to know Christ and his family came to know Christ and became the foundation of a church there. See, a seed planted. And it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. The seed has to be sown and watered and cultivated. The seed is the word of God. There's another symbol the sower. He's the one that gives the word. Again, Matthew 13, verse 3, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Jesus Christ was a sower of the word. He was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came teaching and preaching the word of God. He spoke not as the scribes and Pharisees. He spoke as one having authority. He spoke truth. He spoke God's truth. I want you for just a moment keep your place in Matthew 13, but go forward to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. When Jesus began his public ministry, he was in the city of Nazareth. He went to the synagogue. On the Sabbath day, we read in verse number 16, 
of Matthew or Luke 4. And we read in verse 17, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister. And he sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You see, Jesus Christ, as it began, that public ministry began to sow the seed. And go back to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 9. I love this passage of Scripture, Matthew 9, verse 35. Reason Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the Gospel of the Kingdom. He's sowing the seed. He's getting the seed out of the barn. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted, were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. See, the Lord Jesus went about the cities and the villages, but in this earthly body, He was limited in time and space. And now the Lord looks upon that harvest and He's broken for the lostness of man and He's moved with compassion. And I believe had we seen the Lord, there would have been a tear in the eyes of the Lord as He saw men and women and boys and girls like sheep without a shepherd, like a harvest without a harvester. And He says, pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into that harvest. You've got to get the seed out into the field. You go to Matthew chapter 10. And when he had called to him his twelve, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. We go to verse 5 of Matthew 10. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, into the city of the Samaritans, Enter not, and he sends them forth to preach. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Get the seed out of the barn and out into the field. And so he calls 12, he anoints them, he sends them forth. Now turn forward to the gospel of Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. And he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. There were several key times on the farm. And one of the times was the time of sowing. And when it was that time to sow, there was a window of time. The seed had to get out into the field. And sometimes the tractors were going and the planters were going and the sowing was taking place. And here the Lord is looking at the harvest and it's ripe and ready and he's moved with compassion. He anoints the 12, now he sends the 70 and he tells them, go out and preach the word, take the seed out into the fields. 
You know, Jesus still calling laborers to sow the seed. His commission here to Valley Bible Baptist Church is to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. The mission of this church is not complete until every man, woman, boy, and girl upon the face of this planet has had an opportunity to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's our commission. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How can they hear without a preacher? How can the seed get out of the barn unless there's the sower, the one to go forth? The word of God tells us in Psalm 126, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him, taking the seed to the field. If you're saved, you're a sower. I challenge you, carry tracks, sow the word. A word of testimony. Never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Boldly proclaim the message of Jesus. Give out the word of God. It's not your philosophy. It's not your opinion that matters. It's Jesus that we preach. It's the word of God that we preach. That's the pure seed. And that's the seed that has the power to transform the lives of people. We had a, a funeral yesterday for Brother Donald Cotter. I was looking back in notes and he was saved in late 1999. He was baptized in our old building May of 2000. But I was just thinking about some of the background. He had a sister that lived in Oklahoma that got saved. And that sister became a powerful testimony in his life of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had some family members that got saved. And then a matter of studying the Bible with him almost a year, uh, every Tuesday night, and he asked the question one night, so pastor, how can I know for certain if I died I'd go to heaven? And what happened? The word of God began to bring conviction and the spirit of God began to work in his heart. But the seed had to get out of the barn, had to be sown. So we have the seed, it's God's word. The seed doesn't produce immediately. Sometimes there's patience, uh, radish seed. I like radishes because you can plant them and within a month you've got radishes. But melons, well, they take 90 days. A fruit tree may take three, four years or more. With patience, would you sow the seed? Really here this morning, the heart of this message deals with the soil. That's the human heart. The soil has great potential, but it has to be prepared. 2018, you sent my wife and I to Israel. I talk a lot about that. It's a very special journey for us. We beheld beautiful crops near the Sea of Galilee. Pomegranates, oranges, olives, bananas, tomatoes, melons. It was a fruitful, fruitful farmland. But if you know the history of that farmland, at one time it was a wasteland. It was dry desert. That dry desert, that wasteland has come to bloom. And since 1948, that desert has come alive. And 
that soil that many considered useless and barren and hopeless now is producing crops. That hardened, barren soil is now fruit producing. So the soil is a crucial element. Here Jesus explains there are four kinds of soils, four types or kinds of hearts. The gospel's so simple. Why doesn't everyone get saved when they hear? Why do many turn away and resist Christ? Why do many make a decision and then not long afterwards they leave or they go away and there's no fruits? I believe the soil, the heart, explains that. Notice in Matthew chapter 13, verse 4, there's the hard heart. Matthew 13, verse 4. When he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. The fowls came and devoured them up. He describes this in verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. I just picture here as Christ is teaching, he's out on the ship, he's teaching this multitude and, and surrounding him are many fields. And through these fields are walking paths. And as the sower would go forth into the field, he would scatter the seed and some of that seed would no doubt fall upon the paths where people walked. And that soil was very hard. The birds would then come and snatch the seed. Some who hear the word of God are like this. The heart is hard. They don't understand. And the seed never uh, enters the soil. It never comes into the soil. And Satan comes and he steals the word of God. And friend, we are living in a day of hard hearts. We're living in a day of bitterness, and deep hurts, and unforgiveness and broken relationships, and divorces, and hatred, and divisions on every hand. And uh, in our society, they're trying to store all sorts of divisions. And that hardness of heart doesn't allow the seed to sprout. Many are blind to the truth of God's word. And they hear the word of God, but they don't understand the word of God. And the word of God doesn't pierce the heart. Now, can the heart be softened? We had a field back behind the house on the farm and we would drive the trucks and the tractors and the four-wheelers and the motorcycles across that field and the soil was hard. And one reason or one year my dad got the idea, we're going we're gonna to plow that field, we're going to sow that field. And so that field that was hardened was plowed and prepared and planted and brought forth a crop. Hosea chapter 10 verse number 12 says, Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. See, a hard heart will keep the soil, the seed from reaching the heart. Keeps the seed from producing eternal life. Understand something, a mental ascent to the gospel is not salvation. There are many people that mentally have assented to the truth of the gospel, but it's never reached the heart. They're 18 inches away from heaven. Never born again. 
No change of heart. The hardness of the heart has kept the seed from producing eternal life. Jesus talked about a shallow heart. Look in verse number 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Verse number 20. He that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet had not root in himself, but endureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution riseth, because of the word by and by he is offended. See, some soil is rocky, not much earth. The seed germinates, but there's no soil to sustain the roots, and the sun then rises and scorches the plant. It dies. I, I believe this is describing an emotional hearer. Here's the word, an emotional response, but the word never takes root in the heart. It's shallow. It's temporary. So this person never had salvation, only an emotional surface commitment, no born-again change of heart. So it is for many, many mentally assent to the truths of God's word, but persecution and hard times reveal the seed never sprouted, never brought forth the fruit. The seed never reached the heart. There's no depth, no conversion, no birth. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why do so many go away? It seems that they heard with joy, but then they left Christ, they left Paul, they left the truth. They were shallow, unconverted. Praying a prayer isn't salvation, friends. It's believing in a Savior who died on the cross for our faith. It's a trust in what Jesus accomplished and the finished work of Jesus. I fear many will be like the five virgins, unwise, no oil in the lamp when the bridegroom comes. The oil, the picture of the Holy Spirit of God. Let a man examine himself whether it be in the faith. There's the shallow heart. Notice in verse 7, there's the thorny heart. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Verse 22, He also that received seed among the thorns, is he that heareth the word, the care of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choked the word, and it becometh unfruitful. See, the sower sows the good seed. You don't have to sow the weeds, do you? They're already there. You ever wonder, where do the weeds come from? Uh, who planted the weeds? How did they get there? Uh, all kinds of weeds, kosher weeds, thistle weeds, cuckleburrs, nettle, vine weed, uh, goat heads. Oh, we got those around here, don't we? And I, I never planted a goat head, but I sure got a lot of them. Grass burrs. See, these weeds represent the influences of the world. They choke the seed. They keep the seed from bearing fruit. Jesus called it the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. See, many never get saved. The weeds crowd the word of God. They can't hear the word of God. They can't respond to the spirit of God. They don't hear God's word. Listen, this day, social media has put a blindness 
upon the hearts of many. The entertainment, the lust, the pride, dull of heart, dull to the word of God. You know, many are, are looking for a preacher or a teacher to entertain, to make them feel good about themselves. And what they feel good about is good about being lost. But no relationship with Christ. Keeping to themselves teachers having itching ears. See, God's word doesn't penetrate the heart because it has not that opportunity. It's crowded out by the things of this world. We, every summer, go to camps. One thing I've noticed, we get the youth away from their cell phones, away from the entertainment, away from the TV, away from all this pressure of the world, and it's amazing. You can notice it. That first day, that first message, it's not doing anything. But you notice through the week, as the week progresses, as the hearts are prepared, as the cares of this world are set aside, all of a sudden the receptiveness to the Word of God, it becomes real. And I've seen by the end of the week uh, young people at the altar crying out to God transformation taking place. Now I realize also that once a person is saved, please understand, you can, Jesus never talks about losing salvation possible. Salvation is secure. It's a new birth. It's eternal life. And I realize this, that once a person is genuinely saved, you're battling the thorns throughout your life. You're battling those weeds and you're battling and those thorns and those weeds. They constantly press upon you uh, to take away the fruitfulness of God's word. I, I think we have an illustration in the Old Testament, that of Lot. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plains of Sodom. They were well watered like Egypt. Egypt is a picture of the world and Lot, there's no doubt, was a saved man. But the cares of the world drowned out the fruitfulness of God's word. Even if you have been truly born again, you've got to deal with these weeds and prepare the heart constantly. And I tell people it's important to keep a short list of sin. Deal with sin. Be sensitive to sin. Constantly pull the weeds. Constantly prepare the heart. Every time you come to church, I, I, we, we did this in our family. Saturday night was an important time. We didn't stay out late on Saturday night. We, we prepared for church. We got everything ready. For Sunday morning, church day was a special day. It's a day you come to hear the word of God. You prepare your heart. You come to hear the teaching and preaching of God's word to respond. Now there's one more heart. It's the fruitful heart. Verse number eight. But other fell on good grounds and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Verse 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which beareth fruit, bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. See, the proof of salvation is the fruits. Salvation is the roots. And if a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Uh, Jesus said, Matthew 7, verse number 16, You shall know them by their fruits. See, man's heart, please understand, is basically sinful. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. 
but God takes a sinful heart and by the work of grace that we heard about in song and by the power of the word of God and by the working of God's spirit, God takes that sinful heart and prepares that heart and God's spirit takes that work and works a miracle of conversion and salvation is a miracle. It's a conversion. It's a new birth. And that good heart receives the word. He understands the word and allows the word to grow in his heart. And the word produces fruit in the life. Uh, the theme of our Bible school, without me you can do nothing. You can't produce fruit on your own. It's got to be the work of God and God's word in the heart. Now look at verse number nine, kind of a concluding statement who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I figure, I think 19 times in Matthew 13, we have the word hear. And Jesus is talking about listening with spiritual ears, receiving God's word deep into the heart. Your heart is the soil. That soil can be hard, bitter, hateful. Scornful. That soil needs to be plowed. That soil can be shallow. Simply an emotional ascent to the truths, but no depth. That soil can be crowded. No longer hears the voice of God's Spirit. Hears of the Word, but choked out and no longer hear. But that soil can be good soil. Take heed how you hear. What kind of hearer are you? We have the seed, that's the word of God. It's a powerful book. It's a living book. It's God's word. It has great potential. This word can transform any heart. We have the sower. If you're saved, your job is to go forth and sow the word of God, not your philosophy, not your wisdom. If you're like me, you don't have any. It's got to come from the word of God. And we're to sow God's word in the soul, constantly preparing the heart to grow and be what God wants. Every head bowed.